Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to a brand new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast alongside Josh Peterson and Connor Happer. I'm your host, John Bishop, and for the next 40 minutes or so, we're going to take you around the world of Creighton Athletics. This week, we're going to talk some fall ball. Softball is underway with their fall campaign and the newest member of the Creighton coaching family, Krista Wood, their first-year softball head coach, We'll join Connor Happer here in just a few minutes. I'm going to sit down with Matthew Lanahan, junior tennis player from Chula Vista, California, as the Blue Jay tennis team wraps up its shortened fall schedule before they get ready for another spring. And we're going to talk some more cross country with a big event going on on Friday out at Ashland's Mahoney State Park. Creighton cross country runner Marco Gonzalez will be along with our own runner, Josh Peterson. But first, let's catch up with the brand new head coach of Creighton Softball. Krista Wood is with our Connor Happer. Coach, how you doing? Uh, how have things got how have things gone so far? I mean, they're they're going good. Every day's a, you know, something new and the days have been going fast. I can't believe it's already the middle of October. Um, it's kind of been a whirlwind whirlwind since, you know, June when I accepted the job, but it's been fun. It's been a lot of work, but I think it'll all pay off in the end. So how how does how does the first fall go? I mean, you mentioned you're sort of just you know trying to get your bearings about it a little bit. I mean, that's that's from a roster perspective. That's from you personally. You're trying to just get all settled in. But the first fall is you know the fall is where you usually get a lot of stuff done. You get ready um, to go for the upcoming spring. I guess how how has that part been, and and how have you sort of managed that so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it went by really fast. We just finished our last fall game on Saturday. Um, you know, overall, I have been impressed with the work ethic of these kids and uh, the buy-in to the culture that we're trying to set and what it takes to to win and, and to win championships. Um, we moved a lot of, you know, we moved people around, tried them in different spots, um, you know, teaching them just, you know, our way. So I think practices have been fun. They've moved fast, a little bit higher pace, but um I feel like overall the team itself, it's good. And I feel like we're moving in the right direction as for getting settled in. I mean, uh, I don't think <laughs> I'll be totally settled in until the season's over and maybe may. And that's just because everything's new for me here. What, whether it's, you know, going on our first big East trip or how, how do we get to the airport? You know, all those different yeah. things are new and I have to figure them out. So um, this year I'll just kind of be like that, which is fine, but um, it's been good. My two assistant coaches have been working hard and we've been uh, busy on the road recruiting as well to make sure that we get a good 2023 class coming in and we've already started looking at 24. So yeah, it's been a lot. Whether it, whether it's from a roster standpoint or just, you know, sort of, you know, a, a, an organizational standpoint or what you saw when you got here, what, what are, what are a couple of things that you maybe identified 
that you know you could say right away we're going to put sort of our stamp on this or this is what our program is sort of going to be about at Creighton? Yeah, um, I would say culturally uh, we're really working on our leadership skills and what it takes to to win and and to be good teammates. Um, we're working on what I call the foundation of our culture, which is the fight mentality, which means um, family integrity, having a growth mindset, heart and trust. And we talk about those things and how that can be the foundation of our culture. So just trying to like put our stamp on the culture and, and trying to build it from the ground up there, because I, I mean, you can have the best team and the best athletes, but if your team doesn't click and your culture is not great, you're probably not going to win as much as you should. And you on the opposite side, I mean, you can have a team that really uh, fights for each other and culturally clicks and they're good to each other. They push one another and not be quite as talented and, and, and win more than what you thought just because of the culture you put in place. And I think setting some standards and some expectations of what it takes to win championships has been huge. And, you know, stepping up to the plate with that and, and just trying to understand, um, I think the growth mindset piece has been big uh, where I, you know, I tell them, you know, there's no such thing as failure. If you can learn and grow from each experience, whether it's a positive or negative experience, I think, um, I think in our game, that's so important because, you know, you, you get a hit three out of 10 times and you're a 300 hitter and you're good, you know, so uh, failure is part of this game and trying to get them to change their mindset a little bit. um, Where I told them, you know, confidence is a choice and um, we will prepare you and we will work on our fundamentals so that you're mentally and physically prepared, but it's your choice to have that confidence when we step on the field. And so just kind of talking about those things and then, you know, just keep brushing up uh, with what we're doing offensively, defensively in the bullpen, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Coach, you talk about culture and, and a lot of other coaches that we talk to around, around Creighton talk about it, you know, constantly nonstop. That's, that's a thing that you hear. It, it feels like it's from the top down um, at, at Creighton to, I guess to walk into a place where that is really what you're trying to build, and that's a that's a fundamental thing about how you guys operate and how you guys ultimately, you know, win softball games or any other sport around around CU. I, I guess how how important is that, and how I guess how important is that to you, but also how how important is that to have across an athletic department where it just feels like that's really really valued and, and important to everybody who who works there. I mean, I think culture is a lot of everything. I think it's awesome to see the sports here having great culture because we can learn from them as well. Um, but it just makes it more enjoyable when you come to practice every day and you see um, whether it's your teammates or, or, or us seeing our players. When when you have good culture, you know everybody's moving in the same direction and you don't have anybody holding you back. And um, that's the big piece. Like Then you feel like you're fighting as one and, and you're all on the same page and you all um, – support one another and push one another. And then there's that sense of just, we care about each other, but yet, you know, we're all still fighting for our own spots, but um, it just makes things better. And I think it just makes for an environment that people want to stay and thrive in and want to be a part of. You've been around Omaha before. And and so you've, you know, the area well, um, what, what do you see when, you know, you, you talk to, or hear when you talk to prospective players, recruits, things like that about, you know, Omaha and then its relationship to Creighton and then, of course, potentially getting those kids from around the area to Creighton in a Creighton uniform. I guess what's been the sort of reception so far on that front? 
Yeah, I mean, I was recruiting in Omaha um, before, you know, Nebraska before. I think it's um, exciting now because, you know, a lot of times I'd get the answer of, you know, South Dakota is just too far away or it's mm-hmm. too cold up there. And, and now I, I love everything about you and your culture, but it's just too far. And so now I don't have that excuse anymore. And I, I can go after kids and sell them what I have, you know, here at Creighton. And I think Creighton's a great place, um, you know, for academics, athletics. It's a great campus. It's a beautiful campus. And um, we have a, a, an athletic administration that's supporting softball. So I feel like it's a great place to be. And um, I just think we're going to explode here in the next couple of years. And Creighton's been really good in softball in the past. Yep. And uh, we want to get back up to where they were at one point um, because there's a lot of rich history here. And that's exciting because I think uh, we're trying to get our alumni involved again and um, just donors and getting people excited just in the state of Nebraska. I mean, softball is a big sport here in Nebraska yep. and uh, just trying to get people on on the same page of something fun again here at Creighton for Creighton softball. Coach, uh, looking ahead to the spring a little bit, I know you you barely, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to sort of get acclimated, but you just went through the whirlwind of a fall. But looking ahead to the spring a little bit, I guess, what should people expect out of a, a, a Creighton softball team coached by you just in, in a style from a style standpoint, but also, you know, who, who should we watch out for when we watch the Jays this spring? Yeah. I mean, I think um, this, this spring, I'm hoping that, um, that we're, that we're going to be scrappy, that we're going to, you know, play with, play with um, just a little bit of, you know, grit so that, you know, the game's not over till it's over, that we're going to fight back to the very end, that even if somebody scores on us in the first couple innings, like we're going to, we're going to get better as the game goes on and we're going to fight to the end. So I think that that's something that we're going to instill in our kids and that hopefully eventually you'll see. I think um, we have some good hitters. I mean, uh, we got a good offensive lineup. So I think that that will be fun to kind of watch to see what they, they do. Um, I think fundamentally defensively, I think we'll be a little bit more sound kind of working. You might see some people in some different spots for sure. And then pitching. I mean, we, we got a couple new pitchers that I think will help, um, you know, put some more depth into our pitching staff and watch our, our, our players compete a little bit harder, changing speeds, changing planes um, from the mound. Um, but I think overall we're going to need all three pieces uh, to do what we want to do. And that's to, you know, get to the big East tournament and can, you know, have a chance at going to the NCAA tournament um, and then continue to fight and learn during preseason as to what it's going to take and keep improving. And like I said, learn from every experience. Yep. A lot of work to be done. I uh, can't wait till it gets going here. Well, it's not too far away, so <laughs> you'll get some yep, time. Everywhere will be here before you know it. It will be. It will be. Uh, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks for joining this week and and welcome and, and have a good winter. Thank you. That's new Creighton head softball coach Krista Wood just finished up her first fall as the leader of the Blue Jays. Can't wait to see what they get done in a new era starting off in the spring. But for now, I'm Connor Happer. We'll send it back to John Bishop. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Well, once again, 1620, the Jays likes to spread its Blue Jay wings, if you will, and introduce new sports to the audience. And today we're going to go to tennis where the fall season is underway. As a matter of fact, tournament going on in Arkansas this weekend. And that's where our next guest actually joins us from because he's already down there getting ready for the event. Matthew Lanahan, Jr. from Chula Vista, California, from the Creighton men's tennis team. Matthew, thanks for coming on the 1620, the Jays podcast. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Fall season's short, but you know everything's concentrated right now. Uh, how 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 do you think everything's gone so far this fall? It's it's gone pretty well so far. It's it's a lot of fun, but it's it's super tiring. I mean, a lot more matches than we play in the spring, packed into a couple days. We just had our Drake invite last week, and we played I think eight matches in three days. So the bodies are still a little bit sore, but it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of tennis all at once to get us prepared for the spring. How much in a perfect world, how much is proper recovery time, you know, from a, from a, from a busy weekend schedule, like you had last week in Des Moines. Honestly, I'd, I'd say for me, two days, I think that we, I think, cause we finished on Sunday. So having Monday and Tuesday to kind of play just like a light practice was, was, was enough. Cause I feel pretty fresh today luckily so i think two days is ideal well one of the reasons we brought you on here you and uh, alejandro gandini won the doubles championship last week at the bulldog invitational at drake i, I and, and and you've you've been successful in doubles before mm-hmm. at creighton how important is it chemistry wise we talk about that all the time in team sports but tennis is so different because usually it's a single sport but when you play doubles how important is chemistry in, in that in that equation? Yeah, chemistry is pretty important, mainly in communication, because, you know, when when things are flying, things are going fast, college doubles is really high pay, fast paced. You need to be able to communicate really fast. If you think the ball is going out and your partner may be able to touch, it, you need to call it fast. If, you, if it's yours, you need to call mine. It, it's, it's very it's very important to, to be on the same page. And it's also kind of just important so you can pick each other up because it, it's a super mental sport. Um, me and Ale both are pretty hard on ourselves, so it's good to have each other to, p- to pick each other up at times when when one of us isn't doing as well as we'd like to. So if I see that he's kind of struggling, I c- it's good for me to be able to pick him up, and, and likewise for for me on the other end. How many times have you two teamed up? Do you know this is our this is our first uh, that was our first tournament together. He, really, uh, he redshirted last year, so I played with Casey Ross last year. 
I mean, we, we did pretty well, but coach decided to switch some things up because me and Ali had been doing well in practice and that was our first time actually playing a real tournament match together. And it went pretty well. I mean, I had a feeling we were, we were going to be a pretty solid team because we've been doing well in practice and it felt good, but it was good to see it applied in the match. What is it? What is it about the chemistry between you two? How, how, how did you know it was going to click just, just by practice? I think the game, our game styles match really well. We're both super, super aggressive. So like we can, we can both kind of take over a match and just really like take over the net be super aggressive, take it away from the other team. So I, I had a feeling that it was a good fit because we have a, a similar game style in that sense, but also we're both relatively streaky. We, we can be up and down and it's good to have another person there to pick you up through your ups and then, or pick you up through your downs and then kind of stick with you on, on, on the moments that you're up in. So I feel like it complements each other well. So as a tennis novice, I would think, <clears throat> trying to use my logical brain here, that maybe differing styles would work better. Or maybe in a sense, you, you mentioned you're both aggressive, yeah. but obviously the court is condensed. There's there's two of you on a side. The court is condensed. But yet you believe it works best when you're both being aggressive. It would almost seem like that might work against each other. Maybe explain to you know the layman like me, why that might work where there's two guys, small court, both being aggressive, but how that's able to work. Yeah, honestly, I think it kind of depends on the person because a lot of through my junior career, um, my parents and I always thought it was best for me to have a partner that's more on the conservative side, really consistent, is going to kind of be that rock while I kind of go wild and be really aggressive and 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 have that game style. But kind of what I found out is through playing with different people is that kind of I just do better when I'm aggressive because I feed off that energy it kind of it, it makes me it makes me more active on the court makes me move a little better and then also I think having somebody that's aggressive on the other other side of the court also helps me realize that sometimes I need to kind of take it a notch down and be a little smarter so it kind of helps me play as well but I, I think for me personally that's worked well and it, it just kind of depends on on the person because I've seen other contrasting game styles work well too it just kind of depends on on who it is and it, having an aggressive partner has worked well for me uh you mentioned the communications obviously very important you got to know you know who's going after it whose ball it is whose it's not is there mm -hmm. a common language or do you want do you want like a a custom language that fits you and your partner um usually generally in tennis there's a pretty common language i mean if if it's your ball you'll say mine um, and then we do signals to communicate where we want to serve and where the person at the net's going to go. And those can vary, but generally they're, they're pretty similar across the board. So nothing too crazy, but that those are the main points that are, are kind of ne necessary in doubles. Is there something about that court in Des Moines because you've already won there once before? <laughs> I mean, those courts are, they're fun to play on. Um, I've had some mixed results on those courts, but I, okay. it's, it's been a good experience playing on them. We've, we play there so much. It's hard not to have mixed, mixed results. I mean, we've played there two Drake invites this semester, played there last spring, last fall, and then the spring before that. So we, we play there a lot, but they're, they're pretty fast courts. So ball moves quick and it, it makes for good high paced, fast paced doubles. So it, it, it's fun to play there. Matthew Lanahan Jr. from Chula Vista, California, from the Creighton men's tennis team. How does someone from Chula Vista end up at Creighton? <laughs> um, so for me, I, I kind of wanted to move away from San Diego just to 
to to get get that feeling that I'm independent and kind of learn to live on my own and not need my parents to kind of develop that side of me because that's something that everybody's going to need at one point or another. So I, I was pretty open to looking anywhere. Um, I kind of like the private school type of energy and I, I like the fit. So when I visited here, I, I was pretty open to just discovering all sorts of schools. When I was going through the recruiting process, I do a ton of research. I, I'd spend time looking up schools just because I was so excited. And when I when Tom reached out, um, I liked the fit. And when I visited, er, everything clicked really well on every on every single aspect. So so I ended up here. When did you first what, your first recollection of hearing the name Creighton? Do you know what that? Do you remember when that was? Um, I heard about it a little bit in high school because of basketball. But not not enough because because of McDermott. That's kind of where I heard about it the sure. most. But, but I really started to like look into it more right when I got that first email from Coach. That was when I really was like, okay, pretty pretty good athletic school, pretty good academic school. This is a good option. Like I should look into it more. I've been to the San Diego area. It is gorgeous. It's beautiful. <laughs> the weather is like it's kind of been around here the last few days, but it's like that pretty yeah. much all year round. Yeah. How have you adjusted? I know it's been three years, but I mean, was it hard for you to adjust to the Omaha climate and the, and the, and the extremes that we get, you know, throughout the course of the year? Um, it was, it was a little bit of an adjustment. I visited, I came on a visit, me and my parents planned to visit when it was in, in the winter. So we came during the polar vortex when it was freezing cold, <laughs> just, just to make sure like, Hey, do you really want to do this or, or, or do you need to find somewhere else? So it was a little bit of like, a, okay, we can make this work. And honestly, it's kind of just more about wearing the right clothes. And that's just wearing the right clothes. Layering has been fine. So that works all right. The heat is, there's heat in California, not very often, but it's there. But the cold is really the major adjustment. Oh, I I, I totally get that. I've been living here my whole life and it's still hard <laughs> to get used to on some days. <laughs> we were talking about, you know, your, your doubles career and, and, and the things that you've done on the doubles side, you actually got off to a really good start your freshman year. You won uh, nine doubles events uh, with your partner at that time, Jose Oscar Diaz. Mm. How much did that help you build your confidence in your first year in college? It definitely felt good. I, I, always kind of loved playing doubles doubles is again the fast paced nature of it was always really fun for me um so I, throughout the juniors like i had a really successful singles career but doubles was always like i i kind of was able to differentiate myself there so being able to come in and and play really good doubles kind of cemented that that confidence in myself that like okay yeah i am a good doubles player it's proving itself on the court here in college and it kind of helped me take off because felt really good to to get a lot of wins freshman year and build that confidence as a player. So do you prefer doubles over singles? Depends. I mean, if I'm feeling really good, singles is the most fun thing ever because when there's not there's nothing like playing really really good when you're on that court playing singles, but doubles is it's fun because of the fast-paced nature and I mean things are flying. You got to be ready at all times and it's it's fun cuz you can you can do like more athletic things and and get get a little trickier. So I, I like doubles a lot. It's a lot of fun, but it kind of just depends, but I, I do enjoy doubles a lot. Matthew, the, the, you know, we, we hear a lot about, you know, how athletes stay in shape, stay sharp throughout the year. Of course you get split seasons. You're playing now in the fall. You'll get obviously more tennis in the spring, but what is kind of your calendar look like? What do you do over the summer to stay sharp? 
Yeah. So usually um, over the summer, I've been doing a lot of hitting lessons. So I hit with with like high schoolers that are looking to go D1. And generally it's a relatively good workout or practice because they're four or five stars, but they're just like a sophomore or freshman in high school. So it's like, it's a solid practice. And then, so usually I'll wake up probably like nine to 10 ish, get some food. Um, I'll usually have like a hit for myself, like a real practice at 11. And then after that, I'll have either like anywhere in the range of one to three hitting lessons. And then a couple times a week, I'll, I'll work out at a gym to, to keep fit and keep strong, make sure I can maintain the progress I get throughout the semester. And that's about it. Really. There were a couple times, um, the girls hard court nationals, which is probably the biggest tournament in the juniors was in San, it's, it's hosted in San Diego. So for those days I would play tennis from 8am to 6pm. So those, that was when I was like, really just really beating up my body. But other than that, it's usually pretty standard. Just I'll practice once or twice, sometimes I practice twice a day, and then I'll have a couple lessons after. You know, you hear the baseball players, they have summer ball, there's there's summer leagues for basketball, things like that. Is there competitive tennis? Do you want competitive tennis over over the summers? Yeah, I, I generally play a couple tournaments. I think this this summer I played four tournaments, three, three, three singles and doubles, and then an extra doubles tournament just for some fun. So it's it's good because it helps you stay seasoned. Um, it helps you stay not it prevents you from getting a little bit more nervous in matches when when it's your first time playing a tournament in a while you can kind of see it 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 affects you so it's good to just maintain that that just being able to go out there and and perform at the level you want to because there's less nerves and and you're you're used to it and so that's that's why i play three or four tournaments over the summer usually um the winter is a little harder to find tournaments. So if, cause there's a shorter period of time. So if I can find one, I'll do it. But over the summer, I, I make sure to try to play some tournaments. So give us an outlook. How do things look for the team? You know, obviously you're in the tournament this weekend in Arkansas, and then you'll get things fired up again in the spring. How do you think it looks this year up and down the roster? I think we have a really good team this year. I think there's a lot to look forward to the team. The most, most of all is the team is very deep. There's a lot of guys on this team that can start um, only six can play, but there's a lot of guys on this roster that are going to be challenging and gunning for those, one of those six spots. And there's a lot of good players. And I think that it's great because it, it creates a competitive environment for all of us to, all of us are, you know, really trying to make sure that we can fight for that spot that we want. Cause you know, the deeper the team is, the more you're worried about losing your spot. And if you're worried, you know that you have to perform or, you know, you might be off the lineup. So that has definitely, I know that's contributed to me performing better this so far, because I know I need to be on top of my stuff or like, you know, you never, like I, I might not be able to play. So I think it's, it's really good to have a really deep roster, but top to bottom, I think we have a really good team and I'm hoping that we can do some damage in the Big East this year. Cause I think this is one of the better teams that, that I've seen out of, out of Creighton. And I think that we, we have a lot of potential. For you, it's another year after this one. Have you started to think about your tennis life after school? Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, yeah. I started, it started to hit me last year because um, when Stratton Brown graduated, he was, he was my host when I visited. So kind of seeing that was like Stratton and Jose. Um, when I saw them graduate, I was like, I'm halfway done. This is, I'm, I'm already halfway done with my career. That's when it really hit me. I was it was shocking. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to be done with this in two years. 
and it goes by so fast. This is, I mean, this is our last fall tournament. Then we're already going to be playing, playing matches in the spring before you know it. So I don't really know what I'll do after. Um, sucks that I wasn't able to get a fifth year of eligibility. Like a lot of people from COVID I was one year off, but I don't know. Um, I, I'll probably play for fun a little bit, but it'll probably be more focused on just working like, like it is. Cause you know, it has to stop eventually, but it, it's yeah. definitely starting to hit me. Cause I'm starting to think like, I got to make the most of the last two years. I, I got to perform my best so I can, I can be satisfied with what I did on the court because it's coming up fast and it'll be gone before I know it. What is your major and what are you looking to do in the future? I'm majoring in finance and technology. So I'm, as of right now, I'm not hundred percent sure what I want to do. I'm, I'm looking for internships right now, but um, I'm kind of interested in, in that like risk management or private equity or anything in that area, something, something along those lines. So hopefully I'll figure out exactly, um, exactly what I like for sure with an internship. Cause I'm looking at a couple different places, but hopefully something along those lines. Well, Matthew, we really appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck uh, in, in Arkansas this week. And of course, looking ahead towards next season, it's been a pleasure to have you and uh, go get them this week. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Well, if you were with us last week, we told you about an exciting new event that is taking place. First time in over a decade that Creighton Cross Country has had a chance to host a multi-team event of this magnitude. And it's going on Friday out at Mahoney State Park. There's going to be about a dozen teams there. And the Jays are very much looking forward to making this an annual event. Well, one of their runners, Marco Gonzalez, is with our own runner, our marathon champion himself, Josh Peterson. Thank you, John. 1620 The Jays, the podcast rolls on today, and we go to the cross-country team and welcome in Marcos Gonzalez, a junior out of Phoenix, Arizona, of course, to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is running. Marcos, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, 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 this is one of those rare interviews that I get to do with somebody where you know it's not like talking about a sport that I played 15, 20 years ago uh, because I love running, just participated in the Chicago Marathon. I'm curious as to how your running journey began. What, what got you into running? Was it something where you were playing another sport and you kind of figured out, hey, I might be able to do this long-distance stuff, or, or was it something that you maybe just discovered organically? How, how did you get into running in the first place? Um, that's a good question. Um, I definitely feel like I've been a natural runner my whole life throughout my childhood and always running around, uh, participating in running clubs. Um, but soccer was also my main sport. And as a midfielder, you're running laps around the field. And um, it turns out, yeah, I just was good at running. And during a, a soccer tryout, they um, they had us run the two-mile time trial. And Turns out I was good at that, and the cross-country coach asked me to join them, and uh, junior year was my first cross-country season, um, and I participated in track all four years, but now I'm putting in some consistent training, and it's definitely gone to some places I didn't think were possible back then. 
I was going to ask you about that. I, I think a, a lot of us, when we're kids and maybe we're finding out we're, we're not as good at one sport as we are at another, if, if you, you're, you're participating in this and, and you find out, hey, I, I might actually be kind of good. I guess, what, how, how old were you when that happened? And, and I, I guess, what was that like going from playing soccer to then maybe figuring out, okay, this is the sport that might be for me and I have to figure out the kind of ins and outs of training and, and racing, et cetera? Yeah, I guess it kind of happened naturally. I mean, I was always just participating in track, like I said, just to keep up my fitness for soccer. And um, uh, I, I guess it was a it wasn't one day or one choice that, like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide to be a full time runner. But um, I think it just, I guess I missed the tryout or whatever, and I just it just fell into place perfectly. And um, I'm glad it happened the way it did. When did you first realize that, that it could be something that you could do beyond high school? And, and I, how, did, how did Creighton enter that picture and, and help uh, eventually get you to come to Omaha? Um, I guess I wasn't – I was always knew the, the possibility. I'd had teammates that went on to run collegiately from my high school. And um, I always knew that it was something possible in the back of my head. And I guess, yeah, about junior year, um, I started – uh, I guess thinking about it a lot more seriously and researching schools and I think uh, I was I was wanting to end up on the west coast but then I reached out to to Creighton and coach Gannon because it's a it's a Jesuit university I went I came from a Jesuit high school um, and I think the more I got into learning about Creighton I knew um, it was definitely a place where I could make a difference uh, immediately and it was somewhere that I was wanted and um it's something it was it was somewhere that was on the way up and i i really wanted to be a part of that marcus one of the things that i know that i always uh, i think about and i talk about with some of my running friends is the idea of you know being physically he- healthy and and thus able to to go on a on a workout go go for a run versus being mentally strong especially in the lead up to a race you're obviously racing a whole lot more than someone in in my position is how, how i guess how do you balance each of those things need of course needing to be able to put in the miles get the miles on your feet versus also being in, in a good spot uh with your head ahead of whether it's a, it's a it's a normal workout or, or certainly a race yeah the mental part is definitely uh probably it's the biggest aspect of, in running for sure um there's there's a lot of time that goes into being physically fit, but I feel like either at the same time it's being mentally fit. It's um, I guess we we spend a lot of time on visualization and um, thinking about our, our race mentality. Um, it's something I practice every day, even just the little things um, and weights. Maybe it's an, an extra set or it's staying a little bit later and and doing stuff to train your mind. Um, and yeah, I sometimes even on easy runs, I gotta I gotta watch myself, and I'll be thinking yeah. about racing, and I'll be visualizing in my head, and I gotta tone down the pace a little bit. But um, if you if you really have a passion for it, like it just it just kind of drives you. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You, you recently set a program record for the best eight k time in, in in Creighton history. Was that something that you thought you could do going into that race, and, and ultimately, what did it mean to you? Um, I definitely had no sight of, or I wasn't going out there to, to go break the, the school record. Um, I was just going out there to execute the race plan, and it was kind of just keeping it simple. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take a conservative first 2K, and then from then on I'm going to just 
get guys and get guys each K. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to break maybe 25, I guess at the least, uh, cross country is hard to focus on time goals, but it definitely turned out, um, into a great outcome. And when I, when I turned around and I, I was going down the finishing shoot and I, I saw the time 2408, but it's a long shoot. And I was, I just turned it on and see, that's how, let's see how fast I can, uh, get there. All right, Marcos. I want I want to ask you a couple of, of nerdy running questions that did you know maybe like three people will care about, but I care about them awesome. because because I love running. I am someone who likes running solo. I, I very rarely run in groups, um, but occasionally I will run with you know a few friends in town that I know are 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 into running as well. It's not so much you know I feel like I'm going to fall behind or get too far ahead. I just like being in my own personal space. Of course, it's different for you being that you are on a college team. Are you someone that away from school you like being a solo runner? And if so, has that been an adjustment for you at Creighton? Um, I did a, I mean, most of my training, yeah, is with groups. I do get um, the occasional, like, solo run. Um, and it definitely kind of, it, it keeps me, it kind of resets my mind, I think. Um, I get to think about, like, all my gauges and um, I guess where I'm at, like as a runner, a lot of times I, I, I just happen to go back to like, all right, like what are my goals? Like, or like, what am I running for right now? And I think it's, it's really healthy. Um, it brings, it just brings me a lot of peace to run alone. Um, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot different than running in a pack, mm-hmm. but they both have their, their pros. What's uh what's your favorite type of run? Whether it's 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 like a specific workout, it's a specific distance, it's a specific pace. Is there a run that that you you know you'll see it on the on the schedule and you're like that is the one that I'm looking forward to? Like for example, for me, I I, I love a, a Saturday that's not you know like too insane, so like a nice ten to twelve miler, and I'm like okay, th- yeah. I just know I'm gonna have a good time you know for for over an hour, and I'm just gonna be able to be in my own space. What's your favorite run? Um. I'd say, I mean, like, you, you always have your bread and butter workouts, but there's something about doing a long run on the trails back home in Arizona. I, I don't get to do it as much, but if I can get, like, 15 miles out there and, and a little rolling hills, a little bit technical, keep your mind on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's just it's something special that I, that I love to get to do when I go home, and I don't get to appreciate it as often. What what are you what are you hoping to do after after college? Like do you, do you see yourself? I know a lot of a lot of you know runners will will graduate and and if if they're not going pro, they, they'll maybe just quit entirely. Others will run for fun. Others will start running in in you know marathons or ultras. Do you have have you thought right. about have you thought about what what's next for you when when you're done at Creighton? I definitely will keep running um, when I'm done with Creighton. I who knows where I could go with it. I mean, I don't even know about career-wise, but I could go either GA or coaching route, but I definitely will be doing marathons, in my opinion. Um, another bucket list item is, is completing an Ironman, but at the same time, I don't awesome. want to just complete an Ironman. I, I want to I really compete in it, um, but that, that'll be a, a whole other beast of, of its own. Um, but about, yeah, I, I want to keep running for sure, and I don't really care where it goes as long as I get to run. Two more from me. Uh, one more nerdy one, and then a specific, uh, superstitious one for okay. you. Uh, is there is there a bucket list marathon that you're hoping to run in someday? Um, I think a lot of people really like to run Boston, um, and I feel like 
when I talk to to runners, they're like, oh, I got to go get that Boston qualifier. I want to go run Boston. So I guess that's something in the in the back of my mind. Um, yeah, I I, I guess a, a far away dream is I might as well just if I'm gonna do an Ironman, let's go try to go to Kona. Um, that'd be, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. And then, uh, one more. So I, you know, I was looking at your bio and I saw that one of your pre-race superstitions is that you put your left shoe on first. So my first thought was, is this different than from a normal, you know, Hey, I'm just going outside to take out the trash and I got to put my shoes on. Do you go right shoe first then for a normal everyday activity? And then it's, it's specifically left shoe first or, or do you always go left shoe first? I guess. Um, I think I think that superstition might be a little dated. I'm not sure. Oh no! I, I follow that one, <laughs> that one too closely nowadays. But um, I guess I, when it comes to like pre-race or I guess superstitions, it turns out to be more preferences. I feel like I'm really adaptable. But I guess there's there's really small things that that I like to do. Um, but I don't really have. I think I've I've adapted as a runner to where I, I don't really need to rely on these superstitions to 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 really have a mental um, advantage, I guess. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Marcos Gonzalez, uh, junior at Creighton. Uh, th- dude, thank you for, for coming on and also allowing me to, to finally get to nerd out on the air and not get made fun of by anybody. Yeah. It was it was really enjoyable. <laughs> yep, thank you so much for having me. That was a great conversation. John, back to you. Thanks, Josh. Catching up on the action on the pitch. Men's soccer lost a 3-1 decision at Xavier two days ago. Meanwhile, on Thursday, it was the Creighton women getting a big road win at Seton Hall 2-1. Taking a look at the rest of the Blue Jays' schedule for this weekend. Of course, the Platte River Rumble. We were just talking with Marco Gonzalez, both women's and men's cross country. That's going on at Mahoney State Park. Friday night, volleyball, Marquette, first place battle, both teams 6-0. The number 16 Marquette Golden Eagles have only won twice in the last nine years. Jays are looking to continue their dominance in that series. That is at Sokol Arena. Men's soccer will be on the road at Seton Hall. That match will take place Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. The volleyball team back in action for pink out day, 1 o'clock first serve against DePaul at Sokol Arena. Again, that is the Creighton versus Cancer pinkout game. Middle of next week, soccer will be back at home taking on the Butler Bulldogs and the women's team will be back in action on October the 20th as they meet against DePaul again over at Morrison Stadium. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. Don't forget, new episodes will drop each and every Friday morning at 9 a.m. For Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop, wishing you a great rest of your weekend. The 1620 The Jays podcast, a co-presentation of NRG Media Omaha and Creighton University Athletics. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.